evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ryland Turner here alongside Kyle Joseph for another episode of Wednesday Night Wallop, Season 5, Episode 7. 7? I think 7 sounds right. Maybe it's 6. Oh, I, 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 I should know this. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing okay. Back uh, back to be or back to being at it, I yes, guess. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome Thank back, you. I it's, should it's say. It's good to be back. It's, you, you have been... S- You've been sorely missed. We had to replace you with two people that first week. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're gonna try this uh, whole thing again. See how it goes. I've got uh, I've got some some work to do for this podcast, and this one's gonna be an interesting one to talk about. But uh, excited to get into it. Absolutely. And Kyle, we start this show the same way every every single week. It's time. What ki- What Kyle? What time is it? I believe it's time for the Wednesday night roundup. It's a Wednesday night roundup. So, sad news to start. Uh, legendary wrestler and wrestling promoter Jerry Jarrett has passed away. Um, I think yesterday is as of our day of recording this. Uh, Jerry Jarrett's kind of a, a really big deal when it comes to the wrestling world. Right. It's not a name that you hear all the time when people talk about, you know, some of the wrestling greats in the past. But that's because I think he spent the majority of his career as a promoter. But I mean, we're talking about the co-founder of TNA Wrestling, which maybe to some isn't a big deal. But I think to a lot of wrestlers, especially in this generation, is a very big deal. Also founded the Continental Wrestling Association in Memphis. Just uh, a big, and that, you know, it was a big time um uh, promotion in the in the Memphis area. That's obviously the one that was he co-owned with Jerry Lawler, and they got involved and eventually got bought up by WWE. Sort of. This is the the promotion where we saw Lawler and Andy Kaufman. Like this is a a big deal promoter and wrestling personality in in that territory. In the Southern Territory, obviously, born in Nashville, was just a, a big name in Tennessee wrestling and in the wrestling world. And as you mentioned, then getting things going with uh, the NWA, TNA, a really big deal in that in that wrestling world. And obviously, is going to be sorely missed in that world. Yeah, uh, condolences to Jeff Jarrett and the rest of his family. Obviously, this is a very hard time. Really surprised to see Jeff Jarrett out there first this week on Dynamite, just given the circumstance. But I can imagine uh, in a wrestling family, wrestling is probably a a cathartic-type situation. Yeah, you're not kidding. Obviously, yeah, a longtime person in the the wrestling profession, so yeah, it's it is a very very sad loss. Eighty years of age, as of his passing, and four children, including Jeff, as you mentioned. So, condolences to all of them. And hard as it is, we are going to move on with our news today. To talk about the only other thing that we really want to talk about: elimination chamber. Yes. So, how do we start with this elimination chamber? Um, let's talk about the non-title matches first. 
and then we'll talk about the the two sort of other matches and then we'll build to towards the title matches and the chase the chamber matches and then of course the title match that i imagine will main event this thing so edge and beth phoenix versus judgment day that being finn balor and rhea ripley this is so i don't know how to put this together because it feels like we're going in the direction of edge and finn balor at mania i'm guessing yeah and and that's proven to be a very good match like these those two have really good chemistry and that's something that i think edge has kind of struggled with in his return is finding that chemistry with some of some of this younger talent even so far as you know last year with aj styles like a it was a match that was that did not live up to expectations. Thankfully, him and Balor have already had a great match. We've seen it. Um, him returning to try and, try and take down Judgment Day is interesting. I just don't know if it's where I want Edge right now. Like, he's really on the last few months of his career, as he's already stated he plans to retire this summer. Like... Unless something else, I guess, draws him back in. But I just, I feel like at this point, it might be better for him to just, you know, retire this summer and be done with it. But this is just not where I expected him to be, I guess, at this point. I do wonder what you'd want Edge's final match to be. Because that's the thing about it. If Let's say it's SummerSlam. Let's say we're getting fi- Edge's final match at SummerSlam. Who do you want to beat Edge? It's that's interesting. I, I think you know what you know what I would like to see, Kyle. Honestly, is if everything works out the way it should work out at this WrestleMania, and Austin Theory is able to beat John Cena, it, how much of a feather in his cap would it be to also beat Edge in the same year? Yeah, I like he he seems because like that's the thing. The way you kind of want a legend to go out is being beat by a person who sort of is going to carry the torch, right? Right. And I feel like if the op- ultimate opportunist is something that can be passed, like not the nickname, but if it can be passed down to Austin Theory, I do think that's not a bad way to go. Um, for me, I think this match is so tricky to deal with because Edge really should win on his return. But Rhea Ripley just won the Rumble. You don't really want her to lose right now. Right. I guess that's the answer is you just have Rhea Ripley pin Beth Phoenix. Right, because Beth doesn't really have a spot for Mania, so she doesn't really need the win. And then Edge can come back and, and take on Finn Balor and they at, at WrestleMania. It's not a bad way to go. Does, does Edge and Finn Balor do anything for you for WrestleMania? Yeah, I think it's not a bad match, certainly. And I do think there's, you know, there's enough personal stuff in it that makes me invested in it. I think I'm more interested in Ray and Dominic, and I do hope Ray gets involved in this somehow. Yeah. On the other hand, then we have Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I I said this to, to you off air. I think this is a schmoz to get them to Mania, because I just don't see... Not that I think that this feud has that staying power, because then you've got to be, what is it, another six weeks before WrestleMania? Yeah, after, but after like, Chamber, Brock Lesnar isn't going to be there for most of it. I guess, yeah. I think you can spend these next six weeks working on. First of all, spend this time reforming the stable. 
and then have them looking strong coming in for for Bobby to face Brock at WrestleMania. Sure, but but it begs the question as to why we're even bothering, you know, doing this before we're building to WrestleMania. Like, do we really need a fourth or a, a third? Yeah, this would be the third encounter between the two of them, one on one. Or or is it like, where are we at with this feud? I don't Brock know. lost to him I mean, at Rumble that's what last makes this year. That's so weird. Is because th- there's no stakes. We're bringing Lesnar to Montreal, and the other thing is like he's going to be such a f- baby face in Montreal. Yeah, he's always very popular in Canada. He he might come out saying he's built from Saskatoon from Saskatchewan. He did last time he was in the UFC, so with the big Canadian flag draped around his shoulders. Yeah. He's going to come in like such a mega baby face. He might be number two behind Sami Zayn. Honestly, this isn't a bad way to open the show, I think. I think they're going to open it with one of the chambers, but I think this wouldn't be a bad way to do it. Just to like start off with like five minutes of them doing some some big boy stuff and then find a way to mess this match up. This, I mean, this could be the debut of the Hurt Business. They come out and they, they fuck up Lesnar. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. Like, I do think this should be a no contest, though. I agree with you. Or, or a DQ, or however you want to do it. Right. Um, then we move on to the chamber matches. Start with the women's chamber. Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, Carmella, for the right... To face Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Tell me who should win this who isn't Asuka. <laughs> I don't think there's another option, honestly. I kind of think they paid, painted themselves into a corner. Asuka's return at the Rumble was, I think, effective enough where people, and especially with the new look, and she's uh, apparently shown some signs over the last few weeks that a heel turn could be in the works for her, um, which I think is a refreshing look for Asuka. Um, I, I think that, you know what, honestly, she's in a position where she's put a lot of stock back into herself since the Rumble and a WrestleMania match with uh, Bianca Belair is the best possible outcome. As for the rest of the women, I just don't see another viable contender. I could say this. If WWE wanted to heat up somebody to fight Bianca Belair and potentially beat her, I think your option right now is Raquel Rodriguez. Sure. I do think Asuka's the direction, and I think Asuka should be the direction. I agree with you. I don't love any of these other options. Like, the idea of Natty versus Bianca Belair does not interest me too much. I like Niv Mo- Liv Morgan and Nikki Cross. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Liv Morgan, the one thing is the face-face really doesn't help her. Especially with Bianca, who is a much more popular babyface. Though her story is kind of interesting, too. The only only thing I could say is... If there's anything that comes out of this, maybe can it be Liv and, and Nikki being a tag team? I mean, maybe. We still need something for the, the, the tag, right? Right. But yeah, I agree with you. I do think that it's, it's Asuka. And we'll see how it goes the actual chamber itself, but I, I think Asuka's the direction. Do you think Asuka could uh, realistically beat Bianca at Mania? I don't hate that. Bianca's held that title for quite a while. Right, she's been champion since last year at WrestleMania, has she not? Yeah, so I don't I don't mind uh, Asuka being the person to dethrone her. 
And I think they could carry that all the way to SummerSlam, to be honest. Right. I, I wouldn't mind a couple matches between those two. And however you want to end it. Again, I think we're getting to the point where this is probably Asuka's last run as champion. Right. So, yeah, make it a fun one. Let's get some best of with Asuka. And then you can build... Then the goal, I think, is to build up another star to t- take the title off or after, and, you know, whenever you want to do that. If you're at the Rumble or however you want to do it. Right. But I think Asuka should get a long title run. I agree with you. I, I think that if, if that's the direction, then she should definitely have it for a significant amount of time. United States Championship is up for grabs. The champion Austin Theory will be defending against Seth Freakin' Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. Good workers across the board. Yeah. A lot of experience in multi-man matches. Who wins this thing? I think the safe answer is you just have him defend, but... I do think there should be something going on at this match that isn't chalk. No, I, I, I agree with you. Or in this show, I should say. I um I think that honestly, I'm more interested in Seth Rollins versus Jake Paul for the U.S. title at Logan sorry Paul. Logan Paul at the for the U.S. title at WrestleMania. Oh, you think the U.S. title should be on the line for that? I, what if you have a theory defend then he's u.s champion going against john cena and like you might as well put the title on there too i just like it better for the other one. Oh, i think to me to be honest i think that's more interesting because i think john cena coming back to win the u.s title is more interesting okay so you think okay well that's that's not bad that's not bad do you think uh, maybe logan gets involved in this in some way shape or form to screw seth i don't i think for one i don't think logan paul's that interested in coming to montreal fair enough but the other thing that's so easy to set up i don't think we need anything to get seth rollins to logan paul so of the other four competitors do any of them interest you as a potential u.s champion bronson reed uh, I don't think it's Montez's Ford time now, or I don't think it's his time now, but he, I think he's going to have a spectacular, spectacular chamber appearance. I think that he's going to dive off the top and do that ridiculous frog splash, and it's going to look great. And yeah, I know. I, I think that he's going to show out, but Bronson Reed's really the only other guy who I'd be interested. Here's the thing. I think it should be Johnny Gargano. Okay. If you're not getting John Cena for for WrestleMania, and I I agree, I think Theory versus John Cena should be the direction for WrestleMania, just because that's really interesting. But if you're not getting John Cena for WrestleMania, I think Gargano versus Theory is a much more interesting match. Right. Or you do a triple threat and maybe throw Tomas Trumper in there. Uh, is he still out with an injury, though? I don't know how long he's out for. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, I, to me, I think Johnny Gargano, he's been around the WWE for quite a while. But I do think it's now or never, I think, with him. I agree. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this match, but I do think if he doesn't win another singles title this year, what are we doing with him? That's kind of been how I felt about his entire run with him ever since he returned. Like, he got this big, great return in Toronto, 
and yeah. he's really not amounted to much and the promo work that he has done hasn't been great the stories he's, he's been involved with uh, involved in haven't been great like it's you're right when you say it's kind of now or never with this guy but I just don't know if they've put him in a position where he's a believable win in this match yet. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can do a surprise. I'm, I'm hoping for a few. him is that once he gets going, you can make him unbelievable just by him wrestling. Sure. But yeah, I do. I hope he at least gets a good showing. I would obviously, if we're going to be doing a, a big spot in this show, I do think Montez Ford is probably doing a frog splash off the chamber. Yeah. And to be honest, Bronson Reed is a guy who could definitely take that move without it being too awful for either guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I think Theory is a safe bet. Seth Rollins isn't a bad idea, but I just don't think the belt helps that match. I just think the natural progression with Logan Paul is eventually he's going to want some gold, right? And while he had the the WWE title shot and he came short, the U.S. title maybe is a little step under it. But and especially with Rollins in the mix, I just feel like that's the better match. So that's the match that deserves the title, I think, in ring. But I, I do see your point in the story with Cena coming back for the, that U.S. title run um, and having to go through theory. Um, I think there's a good story there too. So I think there's a lot of options with this one, honestly. Yeah. And again, if you don't have John Cena, I do think theory with the rematch isn't a bad way to go for WrestleMania. And if that's the case, I think your best shot there is probably Gargano. Yeah. Then uh, we go to the final match that we got to talk about, which is... Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Double title on the line. Where are you at with this whole thing? I think me and you are on different sides of this. I I think this Monday on Raw, when they put Sami and Cody in the ring together and they both came out with no one booing them, I thought that was super genius. I think we're protecting Cody Rhodes' Rumble win pretty decently so far and uh, you know a lot of credit to him too he's been cutting good promos he's been doing he's really he's been doing the work of the champion you see him all over the media lately you see him doing the you know the wwe job and Sami zayn has been doing the same thing he's uh, he was you know at the canadians game last night he did the interview with ariel helwani like they're but they're both getting out there and doing it um i i I would really love to see a surprise. I would really love WWE to just go, Sammy's hot. He's going to beat Roman tonight, and we're going to go into Mania. I And we're going to go into Mania with, with uh, Cody and Sammy or the triple threat. That's what I would really like to see. What I think we're going to see is I think we're going to see Jey Uso, who's been cleared to come to Canada, um somehow screw Sammy um, or you, you know what would be <laughs> I heard this suggestion uh, a few weeks ago on Twitter I think we have the moment where Jey Uso comes out as Sammy Zayn is looking like he's going to pick up the victory against Roman Reigns and he gives them the, the young bucks head nod that they gave to Hangman Page as he defeated Kenny Omega 
and and eventually, and that's how he gets the win. Is he hits him with the haluva kick, and that's it. Um, I, I like that. I really do. But what I think we're going to get is I think the Usos are going to come out and I, I, the, the bloodline is going to screw Sammy and Kevin Owens is going to come out to a huge pop. They're going to clear the ring together and we're going to go off the air with those two hugging and embracing leading into the tag team title match, which if that is the direction you're going to go, I think the smartest thing to do is to have that close night one of WrestleMania the tag title match with Owens and Zayn versus the Usos. And you can continue the story. And, and and I honestly, again, I'm not opposed to this continuing after WrestleMania. It's truly been, I think the, some of the best work WWE's done story-wise in many, many years. I would even put it above um, Brian Danielson's stuff because I feel like Daniel Bryan, uh, when, when he was Daniel Bryan, I don't know if he got reactions like Sammy's been getting in this. Maybe he did. Maybe it's just hard to remember. But I also think the thing about the Daniel Bryan storyline is that to call that the greatest booking of WWE in WWE papers over a lot of terrible booking they did during that that whole storyline. Right. That's true. I mean, we had uh, we got Bryan- to the end. But we, we did it almost kicking and screaming. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying is we got to the end for that storyline and it was the, you know, they ended quote unquote the right way. But boy, they fought it the whole way and made it as wrong as possible to get to the point where Daniel Bryan held up the two belts at the end of the show. Like... We can say that's great booking, but that was more WWE being forced to do a story they clearly didn't really have any interest in. And to their credit, they at least did it in the end, but it was the end by that point. Whereas with this story, the frustrating thing with WWE right now is they've done all the work to give Sammy this title. And that may not have been their original intention. And that may not have been the plan, or whatever it happened to be. It clearly wasn't the way they wanted things to go. And I'm sure they had it planned out that The Rock versus Roman was going to be the story. And for whatever reason, that just wasn't able to have, they weren't able to put that together. Well, Sami Zayn through charisma and some truly great acting on the part of everyone involved. I don't want to just put this on Sammy. Yeah. Usos, Roman, Paul Heyman, everyone involved has done great work to get this story to where it is. But you got here. You made it. There were no silly, ridiculous screw-ups. There was no Batista. You got to the story point where Sammy can be the hero. Now you got to get to the point where Sammy gets to be the hero. And I understand Roman Reigns is not losing these titles. It's not happening. We're going to get Cody versus Roman. We're going to get the title change happening at WrestleMania. That's the direction we're going to end up going, and that's—it's not a bad direction. I don't want to make—I don't want to make it clear. 
I don't think that's a bad way to go. It's just a shame when you've done so much work to tell a truly great story only to not do finish it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you on that. I definitely. And, and honestly, Kyle, like like I said, my biggest hope is that on Saturday night, Sami Zayn pulls it off and does it. And because I don't think. I don't think Roman necessarily needs to go into this to lose to Cody Rhodes. I think Cody Rhodes eventually gets the title, and I don't think even if Sammy was to win, he's getting out of WrestleMania the champion. But I think I get. So how, how do you feel about him and Owens tagging against the Usos main eventing night one? I don't mind that idea, though. I do think this is tricky because. On the one hand, I think Rhea versus Charlotte should probably be a featured match. I don't know if I want that main eventing a night. Mm-hmm. Which is hard, because, like, I think that's going to be a very good match. I really do. And I think there's a lot of ways you can go with that story, and I think the best thing that you could do in that story is... To let Charlotte go full heel during that match, I agree with and you there. You, I th- I, I think the, the baby face during thing. the match. Sure, yeah, that's a good. That's actually that's actually pretty good because the story is going to be for her. It's going to be you know, she wants to be, she wants to be the face, and she wants to be beloved, and she wants to do all this, and she wants everyone to whatever but at the end of the day when the chips are down she cares more about the title than she cares about the fans which is very in character for charlotte Mm -hmm. and i don't think she should win the title to be clear i think rita ripley needs that one more than anything but i do think we should get charlotte doing whatever it takes to win it and Rhea overcoming. And if that happens to turn Rhea babyface at the end of this, you're blowing off enough of those stories that you can have that as direction going forward. Sure. Sure. She is more than popular enough. And and she's a fresh face for SmackDown too. Yes. And I don't so I don't hate that as a potential main event, but like to say that Sami's earned it is an understatement. And the the Usos have earned it too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They've been putting on stellar matches all year. And they've worked and beaten everybody. So yeah, I that's not a bad way to go. Like there's no there's there's a lot of options still. I just <clears throat> I'm very interested to see how this show goes. Because it's really this show is really tough because it's it would be so easy for the WWE to give us nothing really changing to make this Elimination Chamber really, not pointless, but like some good matches, but ultimately not really changing the scope of things. Austin Theory retains, Roman Reigns retains, and we're not doing anything to jeopardize the road, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would be really easy for WWE to do that. And that is what I'm expecting them to do. And boy, did did the Royal Rumble tell me that WWE is willing to do exactly what you expect them to do in the face of, you know, expectations. 
Triple H is willing to go chalk if it comes down to that. He is willing to do to pick the predictable option. Sure, but I, I again, I do think that in this situation, it's it, while I mean, like, let's go back and let's talk about like you. So you mentioned earlier, there's no Batista in this story, right? Um, I don't, I don't look at Cody Rhodes like chalk. I, I look at him like a viable champion. And the, the a guy who, yes, the story unfortunately had to take a detour because of his injury. I think you have been telling a story. I, I agree with you, and I think we talked about this off air. The story doesn't need to be anything to do with his dad. It just needs to be he wants to be champion. And that that's no, what it, it can, should and be. And the thing is, it can be him wanting to be champion because it's the belt his dad never got to hold. I have no problem with that. It's that... Like the fact that the the fact that we we're coming out here, and again, I do think the Sammy Zayn thing was really good with Cody, and you know, Cody adds added something to that story. The criticism I've always had for Cody Rhodes, if there was a single criticism, is that every feud, every match, every everything needs to be so it needs to be really really grand with him. Mm-hmm. And that works in situations where the story is innately grand. So, for example, the Bullet Club is fine. Kenny Omega. That whole story. Cody Rhodes' grandeur adds something to that. Conversely, um, Anthony Agogo, Cody Rhodes' grandeur hurt that feud. I agree with you 100%. Because that feud didn't need to be more than what it was. And the fact that it was made into a big rah-rah deal kind of hurt it because it ended up being, the story ended up being kind of mistold. It missed mm-hmm. the mark. And that's the thing about this particular story is that I do think Cody's sense of grandeur adds to the Sami Zayn story in a nice way. Because it's a grand story. It's a soap opera. And if there's one thing Cody Rhodes is good at, it's soap opera. Mm -hmm. Like, again, talking about feuds that are added to that feud, the feud with Dustin, uh, with, um, with Dustin wasn't more than a match. But soap opera, but it was soap opera to like the nth degree. Mm hmm. And that added to it. But that's a really easy feud to to do, WWE. <laughs> Whereas Cody versus Roman, because they don't really have any interaction, like Cody kinda left um before Roman really became Roman Reigns. Cause Cody left when he was still in the shield, right? Yes. So that's that's my kind of my point is it's like Cody and Roman they have had matches against each other before and they have interacted before and yes Dusty Dusty you know was involved with Roman Reigns because he had a hand in everything in NXT but when Paul Heyman delivered that line to me that would have worked more if it was if he was talking about Seth Rollins when he's talking about 
you know, Dusty wished Roman Reigns was his son. I don't believe that. I don't know that Dusty Rhodes, when he passed, could have seen what Roman Reigns was going to become. I don't think any of us could back then. No. That's sort of my point. So don't, I don't, like, even, even kayfabe, I don't buy that, you know? Certainly, yeah. So it, be- it becomes this sort of, so it's, we're trying to add soap opera to a thing that already has enough. Cody has enough motivation without him needing, like, I didn't need him to need to beat Ro- Roman for the title. It's enough for him needing the title. And Roman's just the obstacle. But clearly WWE had a look at this Sammy thing and they want, they needed something more with it. Um, with, with, uh, with Cody in order to make it seem like that's not just, you know, Roman isn't just blowing off a blood feud for a match with Cody Rhodes. But so now we're at a place where I do think, and I'm always of the opinion that a singles match is a better way to go, especially when it comes for the title a title match at WrestleMania. Except I do think the triple threat's more interesting. Here's my here's my combative opinion to that. Is what do you do with Kevin Owens then? Because I feel like Kevin Owens has had a great year too and he deserves a WrestleMania spot. So what do you do with him if you if you put and I, that's not I, I know that's not really fair to the story and it's not really fair to Sami Zayn, but it's something that I thought about more recently is like if if you're in this position with Sami Zayn and you have this tag title match, at least Owens gets on there, too. I agree with you. Here's my counter. Could you have Kevin Owens compete for the IC title instead? <sighs> you could, but it, you would have to really get him going with Gunther now. Yeah. I think you've got time. Like, because here's the thing: Gunther doesn't have a direction right now, does he? No. There's yeah, been so there's been one. there's been whisperings of him and Sheamus running it back at WrestleMania. I don't hate that idea either, but I do think like again, I think that's an option. Like, Kevin Owens is not hard to find a match for. No, be- because he's Kevin Owens. And but I ultimately, do, I, I do think his attachment though to this story is kind of that's that's why I think like the tag title match going on in the main event of the of night one at least you get a chapter closed to this story maybe it's not the chapter you want closed but again I'm I'm down for this continuing I'm I'm down for I do wish I do wish Kevin Owens was getting something on this show because yeah. he should appear I, I think again I think he comes out to make the save certainly I, I there's they're not gonna end that night without those two finally embracing and hugging because they haven't right they haven't had that moment yet no kevin owens has been missing since the rumble god although like i will say this do you know what would be and i know they're not going to do this and i don't think they should do this to be clear this isn't this is me this is me for the comedy rather than than the best story i do think the best to me the best story is oh i do think Sammy winning in his hometown oh it's too it's too good a story yeah no Um, i agree I agree. I will say this. Kevin Owens, if we're going to get maximum Kevin Owens in Montreal, the, the the most Kevin Owens we could get out of Kevin Owens would be Sammy winning the title and Kevin Owens betraying him. Yeah. Yeah, it would be so good. 
It'd be so damn <laughs> that good. Is, that would be Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens hates friendship more than any man in wrestling history. He ended friendship at the Festival of Friendship, for God's sakes. He did! He hates friendship so much that he destroyed the Festival of Friendship. Kyle, we have been going on for 40 minutes in this new segment. We really, we've been passionately talking about this. It's, it's, like, the thing is, this, I will say this. This Elimination Chamber match has the potential to be one of the best, or this show, has the potential to be one of the best Elimination Chambers in recent memory. Even in spite of the fact that only, I'm only really interested in two of the matches. I think there's so much story potential for WrestleMania. I think there's a lot of options and ways you can go with different things. I think there's a lot of different stories you can tell to make this sort of interesting. So then the big question... So then, yeah, I do think there's a lot of stuff that can happen. Ultimately, you know, WWE is going to be under the gun to make it actually happen. And good luck to them. Because I really want to see where we're going for WrestleMania. But... Yeah, this is a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it it really is. It really is. Uh, the other reason we've been kind of dragging on is now it's time to talk about the show we actually review. Ah, are you re- are you ready to get into Dynamite, Kyle? Kyle, Kyle, as you've been gone for two weeks, you for- you've forgotten. It's time for dinner before Dynamite. Hmm. Kyle, what'd you eat? So I uh, went for dinner tonight. Oh, all right. I went to State in Maine, which is a restaurant. I don't know if it's actually a chain. It has kind of that chainish feeling. It, it has the feeling of like a Moxie's. But I do think the food is fantastic. Only... Hmm? The food is fantastic. I find there. I, I was there last time I was in. Yeah, last time I was in Winnipeg, myself and my mother went there, and it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really good. If you're in Winnipeg, would highly recommend it. I had chicken fingers and fries. Their fries are really good there. Mm-hmm. And man, that dill dip. <laughs> Not honey dill, mind you, which is the the Manitoba sauce of champions. It's true. But dill dip. It's it is it is something else. If you are if you are in Winnipeg. I'm not sure why you'd be in Winnipeg, but if you happen to be in Winnipeg, stay in Maine, some something, burger, chicken fingers, one of the sandwich, whatever you want to do, but get the fries with the dill dip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you have? Uh, I had steak and eggs. I, I had a filet from work. I sliced it up. I cooked up a few eggs and just had kind of like a breakfast slash fancy dinner. Right. Certainly wasn't a dynamite diamond duck uh, that that Jack prepared last week and blew every bit of food that Kyle and I are going to eat for the, <laughs> the entirety of this show's existence out of the water. Yeah, Chef Jack is gonna is gonna be uh, preparing better meals than we are. Certainly, we are gonna forgo <laughs> the Wednesday night round rundown this week because we're basically just going to run down the show. We'll probably get back to top fives in the future, but today I don't. 
I had such a hard time trying to come up with the top five. I think we just sort of decided to forego it. I agree. So we're just going to talk about the show as a whole. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram, and at Spear King Music on TikTok. Spear King. Music, media, and production. I don't think we're going to spend too much time on a lot of this stuff. I don't know if there's any matches that you need to feel the need to talk extensively about, but are you ready to get started? Yeah, let's go. Eight-man tag. Orange Cassidy, the acclaimed, and Billy Gunn versus Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt, who took the pinfall, so technically Sanjay Dutt has a match in 2023. Yep, yep, he was wearing his tights. I, I actually I, I laughed out loud at him wearing his tights with what? his uh, suit, shirt, and tie, and the pencils. Still, the, the, yes, I, I thought that was great. Yes, this was okay. Yeah, you know what I thought about this, Kyle? Is Satnam Singh did not look as bad as I expected him to look. No, he he. It was a little bit. There was a little moments of sloppiness, but I think the the high point for me for Satnam Singh is the fact that he took the Famouser and it didn't look awful. And no, it didn't. And I, I I'm right with you there with uh, you on that. Like I think his, his sell of the Famouser was fine. Uh, the acclaimed are obviously still very over. Uh, I again I commend Jeff Jarrett for getting out there and wrestling a day after his father passes away. Like that's got to be a very very hard thing to do. And it ended up being. I thought a fun match, just not a great match. Yeah. Nothing really to this one. And I don't think there was a, I don't think it's a bad thing for this match to be sort of what it was. I don't think it was, I wasn't offended by it or anything like that. I thought this was just sort of entertainment. I do. It is interesting how much better Jay Lethal is than the rest of his cohort (laughs) as a worker. And then it was a match where everybody on the other side was kind of outworking everybody but yeah Jeff Jarrett was out there healing it up like Jeff Jarrett does the day after his dad died zero crowd sympathy yeah yeah none that I think that really goes to show like people people I mean you know we we, we've done it ourselves people crap on Jeff Jarrett but that guy knows how to get a boo he really does know how to get a boo, and he does it well. So I, I got to give him credit for that, like, if anything. Yep. He was out there strutting. He was out there with the guitar. Everything was classic Jeff Jarrett. Good, good, good enough match. Nothing to ride too high about. Uh, it was cl- the, acclaimed, the acclaimed and uh, Cassidy and Gunn end up getting the win. Uh, hey. Cassidy going for the scissor uh, was highly comical. Yes. So we'll move on. Promo from Brian Danielson. I thought this was good. 
Yeah. Obviously. It's really intense. They, they cut it right after his match, which, yeah, he was all bloodied and intense. He referenced himself as the boogeyman. Yeah. This is going to be interesting because we find ourselves at a crossroads. And I think we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get into the actual pay-per-view stuff in a future episode. The build-up to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Because MJF can't win the title, or can't lose the title as quickly. But boy, Brian Danielson can't really lose this title match. Can't lose this match, can he? No. It's it's a real conundrum, that's for sure. You're in trouble, AW. Good luck. We're gonna... There's nowhere really for MJF to hide in an Iron Man match. And I don't think he'll... I don't think he's gonna be not able to go in the ring. But it's gonna be hard for you to convince me that he would beat Brian Danielson in an hour-long Ironman match. And then it's hard to bring back Brian Danielson and build him up in the same way again, because this is kind of his bread and butter, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Are we telling the story that Brian Danielson's getting old now? Uh, see, and that's... I don't think that's the story we should tell. I, I wonder if this ends with some sort of, like, mischievous ending and MJF gets the win just barely. Maybe. And that's what I'm nervous about. But yeah, I, I digress. We'll move on. Blackpool Combat Club defeated La Faction and Gobernable in a tornado tag match. I feel the same way about this match as I feel about the first one. This yeah. is fun. It was chaotic. I don't think it lots of blood because because it's Moxley. <laughs> Moxley bled. Preston Vance bled. I don't think his match moved anything in any particular direction. No, I agree. So it, yeah, it's uh, it was a match. It, it, knowing where we're going now with Hangman and and Moxley, it 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 begs to begs the question as to why we needed this, and then even the match later. So, uh, but let's let's move on. Yeah, I agree. It was just kind of there. It was fine. Like it was a again a fun match. I think Roosh is doing some good work. Preston Vance looked all right in some certain spots. Although I will say. In in what wrestling game, Kyle, do you remember a tornado tag match just being full out no disqualification? Yeah, I wasn't because sh- I this seemed like it I, was that kind of felt like fight. it came. Yeah, it kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere. The no disqualification stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Like as soon as Moxley started bleeding uh, off that that the um, the commercial break, suddenly this match was just like a, like you said, like a no DQ match, and I just did not. I do not remember them mentioning that off the top. No, I don't really either, but they sort of said it in the middle. But again, it's one of those things that I feel like you got to do that work up front. But yes, I mean, I just assume every John Moxley match is no disqualification at this point. It's fair. That's a fair assumption. So then we get Adam Page, who I will say this. There were some really good... There were some really good uh, moments of unintentional comedy. I do always love the wrestler watching the show from backstage, but having to watch the TV at an angle that you would never watch a TV in real life. Yeah. Because you can't stand in front of the TV when you're watching backstage at a wrestling show. So you have to watch from that like awkward angle. 
And just, also, and just, and just you know, cl- you know, clenching his wrist tape as he's doing so, looking menacing. Yes. And then he was attacked. I guess the butcher and the blade are working with Kip Sabian. I don't hate that. No. I think their whole no. deal is now is they're just for hire. And I just assume Kip Sabian has money. He seems like that kind of... He's got of the look... <laughs> vaguely whatever dick from high school who just has way more money than you'd ever want him to. He 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 looks like a burnt-out 80s hair metal band. Or, or not even hair metal band. Like He looks like a burnt-out like Cure cover band uh, lead singer. That's mm. his look. It's not a bad way to go. It's a good shape. <laughs> Jim Ross had a sit down with Wardlow. This was really good. Yeah. It was short. It was sweet. It was to the point. Wardlow sounded really confident and professional and having the connection with his dad and his hair and everything like that. That was really interesting. It adds to the match. And I fully believe Wardlow when he says he's going to kill Samoa Joe. Yeah. I think that's going to be a great match. A very, oh, uh, I do like too. one of those the sneaker matches on that card that's going to be way better than I think anyone ever gives it credit for. And I think right now Joe is on top of the world. He's doing some of the best work of his career, and I'm I'm for it here. I'm I'm really here for it. Okay, Josh Woods and Mark Briscoe. This was good. This was for me. I think the, the best match on the card. I'm close to you on that. I do think I had a match that I enjoyed more. But this was a very good match. I think the emotional response that Mark Briscoe's getting right now is, I think I'm firstly I'm glad to see him back on Dynamite uh, after the match with with uh, Jay Lethal. I'm happy to see him, you know, uh, as a character who's frequenting. Um, I wonder if we're getting his presence because of the fact that we're getting those Ring of Honor tapings at the end of the month. And we're getting his his face out there because I wonder if he's going to be a guy who they kind of try and uh, put a world title match together for him and him and uh, Claudio at, at are at the uh, Supercard of Honor at the end of March would be I think really good. I think that's yeah. Mania weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. That could that could be great. The the one thing about this match, my girlfriend did note that when she saw Josh Woods, she did not expect the color scheme of his tights. That's fair. When he when he was all of a sudden she's like, "Wow, this this guy's very bright and look at the cheetah print and everything." I like Josh Woods. I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. He's young. He's entertaining. I think he's got a, a big time future. And again, he's one of those guys I'd like to see they, them build up in ROH. When, when did Arya Davari become part of this unit? No idea. Because I believe he had a unit, and I guess then he lost Parker Bordeaux to, yeah, to he, Swerve. Yeah, it was the Trust Busters? Yes. And, and, and then, uh, yeah, so Parker left to, to, to hang out with Swerve, and I guess he just figured, ah, smart Mark will do me proper. Yeah. I admittedly, I realize now I missed this interview, the interview with Adam Cole. How was that? Um, Kind of just kind of run of the mill. Like, he... He's not talking about when he's going to be coming back to wrestling yet because I don't know. I don't think he's 100% cleared yet, right? So, 
it was just how he's excited for little victories, uh, naming in particular, uh, being able to, you know, look in a direction without one of his eyes going a little to the side and or being able to travel in a car without getting sick. Um, the, the small victories that he has, he's he's looking at as big, th- big deals. And, um, you know, he's looking forward to getting back. Uh, you know, he was asked what his um what his dream matches would be on his com- in his comeback and he basically said he's not going to talk about that and that was pretty much it wasn't wasn't anything special like we didn't get any more like news as to when he's going to be back it just kind of seemed like we're putting Adam Cole out there to remind people that Adam Cole is still here MJF promo very standard MJF fare leading into Christopher Daniels who we haven't seen on TV in a while. Yeah. Still has that nasty eye injury. <laughs> I do think Christopher Daniels was really good. I think he kind of adds to that. That history with, with Danielson. Of course, those guys, you know, go back way, way back. And yeah, he got kicked in the dick. Where are we going with this? I just think it was something to, to to throw out there to further the story, and I'm not sure how necessary it was, and I'm not even sure, like, how, unless you're a die-hard, old-school Ring of Honor person who followed the early Danielson run, and Joe, and Punk, and, and all those guys, Danielson, or D- Daniels, rather. Um, Sanjay Dutt was... I, I don't know how... Yeah, there, there was a lot. Um, but I don't know how familiar familiar you are with the fact that those two had like a blood feud. So it just kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere. Dan Daniels was very good. Daniels was very good. He talked very, very well. Uh, I think that I mean, he always is right. Right. But my thing is, may, unless maybe we're getting a match with MJF down the road. Maybe to maybe now Daniels Danielson throws competitors at MJF that he's fought in the past. Yeah, maybe. I, I still don't know where we're going with this. Like for the next few, we got a few weeks to get to the actual end point, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know how we carry this story on for another few weeks because I don't think either guy is gonna wrestle. Maybe I, I maybe maybe we get a tag match of sorts. Maybe we get uh, MJF finding a partner to go against Daniels and Danielson. Maybe, which is tr- truly a, a great tag name. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a lawyer firm. <laughs> yeah, it does. Danielson Danielson's attorneys at law. Brian Cage and Jungle Boy. I think this was my favorite match of the night. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. I don't know if this is, although, having said that, I don't know if this was better than their first one. I, I, I'd say it's pretty much on the same level. I just yeah. think that knowing that we have a direction for Jungle Boy now uh, is, I think, the, the best part that came out of this match. Like, the match was good, but I really like the post-match. Yeah. Post-match, Christian Cage is back. This is great. I, I will say this. As much I do want to see, and I think they address the fact that Jungle Boy wants a title shot. Yeah, he was he was gesturing towards a uh, a title around his waist before and after. But he might have he might have plans on Revolution. 
You know what I would like to see, honestly, Kyle? I would like to see MJF beat Danielson. Uh, and I, yes, I would like to see Christian and Jungle Boy. And obviously, this is the moment where Jungle Boy can actually beat Christian. And, and it's it's going to be a great match. I think we all know that. But how would you like to see MJF and Jungle Boy headline Double or Nothing three years after they opened the show? Yeah. Two of the pillars. Yeah. It's, an opp- it's a possibility, certainly. We get the news about the tag titles. What are your thoughts on this match? Um... I think it's going to be. I think I think it's going to be an exciting match. I think it avoids us having to deal with the acclaimed and the guns again. Yes. Um. Just solo, and that's it's a, fine. It's a fatal four-way, uh, by the way, for the for the tag titles. Right. Uh, I expect the Lucha Bros to be in here, just to get them on the card. Um. Now, who else though? FTR. Perhaps. But. That's again the, the FTR situation is is while it's it, it it seems more and more obvious every day because of the fact that you know the guns are the tag team champions. Um, I do think that uh, <clears throat> I do think that until we see FTR, we can never really be sure about FTR. I think that's fair. Like I will say this: they're still in the title screen. Yeah, so that means they're still signed. I just, I know it's expiring, right? Yeah, it, it, it's it's up at the end of April, and they, I mean, they had asked for a couple months off to heal up. We'll see how it goes. Da- Dax is currently working on the most controversial uh, podcast in, in wrestling uh, today. <laughs> Moving forward. We'll move on. The Elite are talking about All-Star Weekend, and then AR Fox and Top Fight challenge them to a match. Brandon Cutler also gets hit in the dick. This was, this was, I, I just, I, I, I expressed how I felt about this match last week. I know that me and you talked about it off air. Uh, I'm sure they'll have a fine match. Um, or, or is it a match? Like, what, what, what are we getting here? I thought I heard something about a slam dunk something. Well, slam dunk is the name of the show. Oh, okay. Cause it's leading into All-Star Weekend. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So we'll get a slam dunk of a match. This will probably be an event. Uh, it'll and I imagine it'll be fine. Like on a dynamite that that that, that, that I mean, like I know we're gonna express our feelings once we're done the the, the run through here. But uh, on a dynamite like this, if this crowd is getting that, uh, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, that's her. Paige and Kip Sabian. I thought this was a pretty good match. It was over fairly quickly though. And I will say this: Do you know what surprised me the most about this? Kip Sabian getting no entrance. Yeah, I feel like deserves more than that. No, I, I certainly agree with you on that. Uh, this wasn't the only one, though. I, I believe there was another. Uh, who who else didn't get an entrance? This is I, this has been something we've seen more and more frequently on uh, AEW television, and I'm not here for it because Josh Woods didn't get an entrance. Right. So these are two young stars who aren't getting that big moment. And, and we can all, I, I think, agree that an entrance can sometimes make a star. And for these two guys to just kind of have that sort of treatment, I, I don't know. I, I worry about these situations. Kip Sabian's a guy who had this interesting year-long story where he followed the, the, the company around, bore a bag on his head, and we never really knew why. Then that was quickly dropped when we realized the bag was talking to him. 
and now he's with Butcher and Blade, and that's fine. But it's like Kip Sabian's a very capable wrestler, and yes. I think a very capable talker. He is. So I just don't understand why we don't have more for this guy. Is it odd that the best feud he had in this company was Joey Janela? That's saying something. Sure is. Uh, page one, by the way. Then we got we got uh, Moxley coming out there and basically booking himself a match with Paige. Yeah. It's going to be a Texas death match, which will be good. Yeah, it'll be it'll be one of the bloody matches on the show. I'm assuming we'll have a few. Um and yeah, it, it it'll it'll be it'll be good. This is the direction I expected it to to go. Um Evil Uno came out with the rest of the Dark Order and and tried to, you know, back up. Here's the thing about this this whole thing that kind of felt dejected for me. Is I understand Hangman's kind of his own man. But like Moxley's Hangman like you don't needs to learn to embrace friends. Yeah, he's got the same problem Kevin Owens does. He does. Like, I'm sorry, but like these guys have always had your back. And you're getting mad because they're coming out and getting involved when somebody said you don't have any friends. I would and almost just rather have been a tag street fight. Or not tag, but like a multi-man street fight. I guess, yeah. That, that would be all right. I I, I think it would be a, a good way to get everybody on the show. But, yeah. I, I, like, I think these two are going to have a great te- Texas death match. Probably one of the better ones we've seen out of AEW. They have heat, they've heated up John Silver multiple times for him to not get a real opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope he gets into that tag match. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Jericho Appreciation Society said appreciation society things i don't know if we need to go too deep into this they basically taunted ricky starks that looks like it's going to be a match on the pay-per-view we just got to find out how stokely hathaway was fantastic (laughs) (laughs) dropping names on this show everything about this was it was amazing he's out there he's out there with the ogs he's got jesse jackson he's got reverend al sharpton his outfit uh, he, he, was was spectacular. He got the drip on, and he got hook suspended. Which Taz was furious about. Yes. <laughs> Taz is here to defend exactly one baby face. Uh, now I gotta talk about this match. This is so hard for me. Because on paper, this was great. The women got to main event the show. Ruby Soho won a match mm-hmm. in the main event of Dynamite. Let me tell you something. The pre-match didn't make sense. The match itself was a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. And the post-match made no sense. No disrespect to any of the people involved. Because I think, again, th- there was a lot of do- we're doing what we can with what we got here. But Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm are all excellent workers. This match just didn't work. It it the pacing felt wrong. This there was a lot of stuff where the timing felt a little bit off. Some of the spots weren't quite there. Some of the interference was odd. There's a lot of people involved. At one point, they just stopped. Like I know triple threat rules, so there's there's no uh, disqualifications. Soraya just fully came into the match and attacked people. As did Jamie Hayter. 
Which leads you to wonder why they didn't do that the whole time. This wasn't great. No. And again, and uh, sorry, go on. And I think the big thing is in the, at the end of the match, Jamie Hayter's holding up the title. And Soraya's wanting the title. And Ruby Soho, they say she's like, oh, Ruby Soho's being caught in the middle. What are you talking about? I don't think Ruby Soho should be like like any of these people. How is she caught in the middle? This, it just... Because Ruby Soho, let me see if I remember this, if I understand this correctly. Tony Storm and Soraya are heels who like to spray paint people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brett Baker and Jamie Hayter are heels who are the heel champion sort of act, right? Right. Ruby Soho is a face, also, right? Yes. Neither side seems to have any interest in courting her. Like, they're not trying to convince her to join their side, I don't think, are they? Uh, I, it hasn't really been nailed on the head, no. So what was this? This is what we call inconsistent AW booking of the female stars on their roster. And it uh, is... And like, a, continues to be a problem. You know what the frustrating thing about this is? We are no closer to finding out who Jamie Tater is going to fight for the title. Right. Which I thought was the whole point of this. Maybe to be a triple threat with with Ruby and and, uh, and Soraya. Soraya? Like, maybe. They, They sure didn't. Compare this with John Moxley and Hangman Page. A story that was... Had I think has also had some inconsistent booking, mm-hmm. but it felt cohesive tonight. It's clear what both of them want, even when it also isn't always clear what both of them want. Like they're gonna fight each other, and there's a pay per view coming up, so they're gonna fight each other at the pay per view, right? Right. Isn't that we've got all this stuff with the women's division, and we just don't feel like we're any closer. Like, does Tony Storm want the title? Presumably, she does. We, we, the, we're, we, the, the, the title seems like kind of like a background uh, to this entire story of Soraya, of Soraya, and, and and do you know what would have helped this show? What's that? Or this whole segment? If Ruby Soho, who was out there with no one, had some backup. It's it's interesting because there's a person who's a part of this story who was a face and has not turned heel, who has a point of wanting to feud with everybody involved who, like, should maybe come out with her freaking kendo stick and clear the house. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? I I, I don't know, but this, this, this whole episode of Dynamite felt really disjointed it felt like none of it really made any sense and and like certainly we got matches for the pay-per-view but that's the only progress i think we made on this show yeah i have what do you rate this show last week i gave the show i believe it was a two or 2.5 i'm gonna go lower this this show was pretty disappointing. Like I didn't really enjoy anything. I wasn't sitting there enthralled with any of the matches. None of the promo stuff lit my world on fire. The Wardlow stuff was good, 
but it wasn't it, it didn't it didn't you know light my world on fire like i said so i'm gonna give it a 1.5 this gets a two for me i i don't this is the big and the big thing about this especially with the women's division and it hurts me because they made the decision to put them on last yep S- still only one match but at least they made event to the show this it feels so it feels like we're telling a story week to week with no plans about what we're doing where we're going I, I definitely agree and with then, you on that. Like Ruby Soho has been thrown into this whole mess because we need a face for all of because the, the heels are fighting the heels, and that's what again this whole Soraya turn and Tony Storm heel turn was an interesting idea if you had a plan for it. And I thought the plan was that Jamie Hayter was gonna turn face. And we're still not there. Right. We didn't even get Jamie chance today. No, I, I think overall Laredo wasn't the hottest crowd they could have had, but I also don't feel like they gave them the show to be the hot crowd. No. This was... This was weird. That it was. Kyle, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to our podcasts, uh, why don't you tell them what's available right now, actually? We've got a couple of new shows, and uh, I'm sure that the listeners would be interested in hearing your opinion on some uh, Vroom Vroom action. Yeah, we, we did a show for the for Formula One uh, Drive to Rewind. We have done a show talking about the first two episodes that we have... Some stuff upcoming too. We're going to be doing a, a, a rewind show for our Royal Rumble pool winner, Rylan. What are we reviewing? Money in the Bank 2011 should be an interesting one. Yeah, and I think we're actually going to have our Royal Rumble winner Vince Delgado on the show for that. So that'll also be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be very good. We. And of course, we've got our, our other shows that are on the, the platform as well. But if you want to see everything that is out there for us, you can do so by following us on Twitter. We tweet out about all the stuff that we are doing at WMWellUp on Twitter. You can go to our Instagram as well, WMWellUp. You can check us out on Facebook if you are so inclined. Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. Search that in the search bar. You see my name. You see Rylan's name. That's us. You can go check us out there. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, that is at LeregendaryKJ, L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Rylan, where can they find you on Twitter? If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Kyle, why don't you send these fine folks who have gotten through this podcast with us, your return podcast, Home Happy. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who made it all the way to the end. We appreciate you all, and you have been walloped. Good night. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. 
You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.